the Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. Cranberry Radio proudly presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, chief storyteller at Styled Retail, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Retan. Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, from our big fan, Eliza Freud over there at She Speaks, she did an article on Engage Moms. That's a blog called Engage Moms, and we love of Aliza. She's just great. She did an article on mom's mindset in the holiday shopping season. They go out each and every year and they do a survey of moms. They've done it for the last four years around holiday shopping. And they really listen to what moms are concerned about. And what they're concerned about is the future of the United States, as well as the stability of the U.S. economy, which is something. I think we all knew that there would be a quieting effect from this presidential election. But these moms are telling us that it's it's very, very key for them. In fact, over 45% of moms indicated that the results of this election puts the U.S. on the wrong path for the future, and 15% of those moms surveyed said that they would spend less this holiday season on their purchases as a result of the win by Donald Trump. So other things that are important to them is the perception of the economy. As I said, they're worried about their family's financial situation. That's actually up 15% over last year when 35% of moms had that same concern. And as a result, of course, that they will be spending less. They think the U.S. economy is unstable and they're going to spend more money online this year than last year. So when they do spend their money, it will be online. 35% of moms indicated they will shop for 75% or more of their holiday items online this year. That's up 16%. Of course, Amazon drawing a lot of those moms online, 28% of moms saying they'd be spending more on Amazon, so more, and they will shop on Cyber Monday. 59% of moms said that they shop on Cyber Monday. It's by far the most popular day for holiday shopping among mothers, and they are buying mobile too, not just on their desktop or their laptop, but they're making those purchases on their phones. And that's up 30% year over year. And they're using apps as well. And they're going to social media to get their inspiration. In fact, 50% of them say that they use social media for holiday gift ideas. And they're going to Facebook as that number one recommender, followed by Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and finally, YouTube. Gift cards are always in season for mom. She loves her gift cards. And if you're looking to market to mom, so if you're a brand listening in today, focus on those online promotions. That's what they're looking for. See if you can't tie back to Amazon.com. And at the end of the day, just know that numbers could be down based on what we're seeing from the result of the election. Our purse profile today is the reasonable luxury mom. This is a woman 35 to 45, married with kids in the home, all under the age of 20. 
12, making $75,000 a year. These are women that struggle with their desire for luxury items and the role of being a mom. They don't want to spend lavishly on themselves, but when they do, they do feel guilty and a little bit selfish about it. But she is willing to spend on luxury for the family. So they're spending on household items, cars, vacations. Shopping is an escape for her and especially going into a retail environment is an escape for her. So even though we heard more about the mom survey from She Speaks and those women wanting to shop more online, there's still a a little bit of a retail application here with a lot of women wanting just to get inside a store environment as an escape clause, if you will. They're willing to pay more for luxury goods. They will go after top designers looking for quality clothes, for example, and they'll travel to factory outlet stores more than an hour even uh, to get what they want. They like to teach their kids to be careful about money, although it is hard for them to say no when it comes to all those things that kids ask for. And they will shop around for most expensive items. And they prefer shopping at specialty stores because of the sales associates' knowledge. They really are looking for someone to help them. So customer service ranks high with this woman as well. And they are very comfortable with known brands and they will shop their brands first. So what brands are we talking about? We're talking about MAC and L'Oreal and Clinique for cosmetic. When it comes to retail, they're shopping Gap, J. Crew, Eddie Bauer, Calvin Klein, Banana Republic. They're driving Volvo, Honda, Audi, and Mercedes-Benz. And their top media choices are kind of all over the map. They're reading Parents Magazine, Shape, Real Simple, L, Good Housekeeping, and Vogue. And then they're online at Amazon, as we already talked about, as well as Disney.com, because remember, they've got kids in the house as well. Well, my guest today knows a lot about social. That's really why he's here, although uh, Gary Allen brings a lot more to the table than that. He's the founder and changemaker at Modern Minds. He's been around for a number of years, really focused on working with companies of all sizes, their leaders and their teams to achieve their next big, bold goal. And he does that through business strategy, marketing and product introduction strategy, and corporate efficiency. And as I said, Gary's on today to talk about social reputation and what you need to know to manage that, especially if you're a company or a brand seeking to elevate or just maintain a good reputation in the marketplace. So stick around. Gary Allen from Modern Minds joins us in just a moment. Her Strings. We'll be right back after a word from our advertisers. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising, or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited, so contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Sales at cranberry.fm. Add some Cranberry Radio podcast to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. Cranberry Radio. It's it's good for you. Really. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. 
Once again, here's Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. My guest today is Gary Allen. He's the founder and change maker at Modern Minds, based here in the Twin Cities. Modern Minds is really focused on working with companies, leaders, and teams to achieve their next big goal. They do that through business strategy, marketing, and product introduction strategy, and corporate efficiency. And I'm thrilled to have Gary on the show today to talk about what's next in social strategy. Gary, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to have you. So talk a little bit about Modern minds, what you do there, and really what motivates you to do what you do every day, Gary? Okay. Well, Modern Minds is a consultancy that really has been 20 years in the making. Throughout my career, I've had several successful entrepreneurial endeavors and a few that weren't as successful as I would like them to be. Now, the difference I've recognized really is in the love of what I do. If I do what I love, which is you know anything from inventing marketing technology or inspiring new product approaches to creating highly efficient teams, I'm successful. If I'm doing something on autopilot, I'm usually less successful. Mm-hmm. And so the real endeavor of Modern Minds is to work on inspiring projects, lead our clients to success through bold thinking and bold actions. Well, and you clearly are very successful at that. So this must be something you're really passionate about. (laughs) So you target some pretty large companies. I've seen your roster. I know the kind of company that you run with, and it's very impressive. But talk a little bit about the type of company you feel you, you can really be of most value to. You know, as you mentioned, we do actually work with companies as big as 3M and Deluxe and as small as I have a current client that is a soybean farmer in Iowa. The reason that our targeting is so broad is we believe that what we do will work in any market, any size of market, any type of market. And really, that's because we focus on performance, the performance of the business as the only measure of success, not people, not politics, and making that performance as efficient as possible. So we've been pretty successful in in selling that idea and communicating that idea to, again, as I said, big companies and small. So you really are trying, as I mentioned before, and as you've talked about, move those companies to the next level, whatever that level is, to your point. How critical is technology and fueling the growth. You talked a lot about the kinds of people leading that company, but talk a little bit about technology. Do you feel like that's critical in a growth trajectory? Sure. I mean, absolutely. Technology, we talk a lot about big data. People hear a lot about big data. Really, technology is very important. If we can agree that performance, the performance of a project, the the performance of a particular employee, if that performance is the key measure of success, then we need to be able to collect data and measure inputs that will help us define what success looks like. Specifically, you know, in advertising and marketing, this is truer than ever, right? There are so many channels that we need to reach as marketers and so many consumers that we need to try to engage with. Technology is the only way for us to gather that information in an efficient way. Yeah, and it is a little bit of a data overload, I think, for a lot of people. And in some cases, interpreting the data can be challenging. And the thing that comes to mind for me in that is social platforms. It can be so challenging to measure the impact of social platforms. But talk a little bit about social as an element of technology and how important that is for companies to participate out there in the social sphere. Sure. So the social sphere is such a broad term, but it's applicable because it's a really broad market with certain 
companies that are very successful at social, they can have millions or tens of millions of people that want to interact, companies such as Starbucks. The question is, how do you keep an eye on what's going on in your social sphere as a marketer when you do have a million people who are talking to you or you're trying to talk to them? And it has to boil down to the technology platform. Yeah, you've written several opinion pieces on that specifically, really about how companies can maintain control of their social platforms. And it's an area where I think a lot of companies feel like they don't have control, right? For a lot of companies, it's a four-way to kind of the unknown. They have a lot of trepidation. And that's kind of the point. You can't really control social, but at the same time, you can have some control. Talk a little bit about what you mean when you talk about maintaining control of corporate platforms in the social sphere. Sure. So, you know, the word control and social tend to contradict each other, or the belief of the meanings of those words contradict each other. And when I talk about having control, I'm really talking about controlling your brand's perception, your persona out in the social sphere. It is impossible to stop or to control the way a consumer or a follower of your brand, it's impossible to alter the way they talk to you in that public realm. But it's really important that in that public realm of social, that you control the way you speak with the customer, right? You engage that customer. And so while you certainly can't control what they say, you can control and guide the conversation about your brand. And we've seen some examples when social has kind of veered out of control. Those are pretty spectacular. I think we all learn from those dismal and very public failures. And I'm sure you probably share those with your clients. What are some of the ones that you say to your clients, don't do that, please don't do that if you want to try to have some control. Right. So I'll talk a little bit about this subject, not only through lessons learned, but anecdotally. There is one very specific that I share. Now, if any of your listeners go onto Google and they simply type in social fail 2016, the, the list is unending, right? But there are some that deserve a mention because they were so egregious in not only the lack of process, but the resulting fire that was set to the social sphere from the actions of both the brand and or the people interacting with the brand. The biggest one is U.S. Airways, and it will get graphic. I'm going to explain it without graphic detail, but it's important because really what happened was they were just simply trying to deal with a consumer that was unhappy. So a customer service problem in social, and this has become probably one of the leading methods for companies in this last year to try to get ahead of customer service issues. We've seen very large companies. Comcast is a great example, one that a year ago was thought of as probably one of the worst customer service experiences. They have enacted a very proactive and engaged social customer service process, and they're really turning sentiment around in their favor. However, back in a failure that was pretty dramatic, U.S. Airways has a customer that is unhappy with them. And the customer reaches out over social media, and U.S. Airways is quite responsive. And as a matter of fact, is overly responsive. There are numbers, tens of tweets between this customer, everybody would believe would be a customer service representative. However, it was not. It was a social media manager. Uh, and, and that is one of the things that we're going to talk about a second in lesson learned. But it's a social media manager trying to take care of a customer service. And this social media manager believed that he or she had successfully solved this issue. And to try to turn the sentiment and the tone of what was going on to a more friendly and consumer and social engaged 
tone, they asked this customer to send a picture with the U.S. Airways brand in the picture as a testament to the goodwill of the customer. And so the customer did exactly what was asked. However, they sent a picture, a pornographic picture, Mm. of them with the U.S. Airways brand in a situation that obviously U.S. Airways didn't want out into the world. And because that social media manager had thought so confidently that they had taken care of this issue, they didn't actually look at the picture before they retweeted it out to their millions Uh, of followers. Horrible. (laughs) It was horrible. And Twitter immediately blew itself up. Everybody from CNN to international newspapers caught it. And before it could be taken down, four million people had responded to it. And so this is an example of what not to do. Really, the lesson learned here is pretty simple. One, do not, do not, do not, do not take customer service issues into a public forum and try to solve them in a public way, right? Even Comcast will say, tweet us, right? Tweet us a time when we can be there. And as soon as you engage with that consumer, over social, you take them away from the public purview of social, either through direct messaging or another website or a direct phone call, but you get them out of the public, right? Because you never know what's going to happen in a customer service situation. And so again, the idea of control isn't controlling what's being said to you. It's simply controlling the, the perception of your brand in the public. So that's, that's right. the first thing. And the second thing is, Never retweet directly from a customer or follower without having at least one, if not two people, read it. Exactly. Exactly. It needs to have broad application, right? Broad. That's a great way of saying it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say the third lesson learned, Gary, if I could be so bold, is that <laughs> look at what you're retweeting. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Pay attention. Pay attention. And maybe not put your brand into the hands of a junior social media manager. That might be a fourth lesson learned. I think one of the reasons that happened is because elder marketing executives tend to be nervous around social media and they tend to be scared of what it is they can or can't do in social media. And so younger staff who have come out of school later with technology as their backbone tend to get more responsibility than their experience deserves. Yeah. And clearly this is what can often result, sadly. Yeah. Let's just turn it around just a little bit. There are brands that are doing well in this space. Which ones are the ones that you look to and you say, yeah, do that. Do do more of that. So actually, the, the one that I always use is because, one, I'm addicted to coffee and we don't have Dunkin' Donuts yet in the Twin Cities, which we've been promised for years and years and it hasn't come yet. But someday it will. But if your listeners look at Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Donuts is a great example of how a brand engages. They have over a million followers on Twitter alone and how a brand engages with just the right amount, the right balance of retail consumerism and user-generated content and engagement. To make up a really successful social campaign or social process and structure for your brand, you have to be able to identify your voice, you have to be able to identify the personality of the company, that's the, the manner in which you're going to post and you're going to communicate. And then you have to identify what are your messages going to be, right? What's the execution? And so Dunkin' Donuts does a really good job of curating user-generated content, a lot of their posts. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's got to be in the 70s and 80s that their posts have 
pictures that consumers have sent them or they have collected by from consumers with the brand, right? Enjoying a nice coffee, enjoying a mocha, enjoying a donut, enjoying a bagel, whatever it is. There's not stock photography. There's there's not a call to action of, you know, get this free latte. Well, while there are those at times, most of the interaction is engaged with the consumer, with their brand advocates. And good social engagement will create brand advocates without you asking them to be brand advocates. As you can hear from me saying, I want Dunkin' Donuts in Minneapolis, and I love the way they do their social, right? I am a brand advocate, and I don't get to enjoy their brand right now. So that's a really good social experience. Yeah, exactly. You can still be a fan, and you can still, to some degree, participate, even if you don't get to indulge in that brand each and every day. And we all have our favorite brands, right? And I think that... We've become much more apt to follow those brands and all the more reason why those brands need to conduct themselves in the right way on social because you have these lesions of fans and then suddenly with one unfortunate decision, it can all go south. We're going to take a quick break, Gary, when we come back. We are going to talk about mitigating risk. We've delved a little bit into that, but we're going to get into it a little bit more. So everybody stick around. More from Gary Allen with Modern Minds when personal returns in just a moment. Purse Strings. We'll be right back after a word from our advertisers. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E digital.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on Cranberry Radio. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. I've been chatting today with Gary Allen, founder and changemaker at Modern Minds. Modern Minds focuses on business strategy, marketing and product introduction strategy and corporate efficiency. And we've been talking about technology platforms and specifically social platforms and why it's so critical for companies today to make sure they're maintaining their reputation online and what can happen, unfortunately, when you do not. So let's talk about mitigating that risk, Gary. How do companies kind of ride the 
the line between mitigating risk while still trying to amplify the best of their brand to the people who care about them the most. Just like you care so much about Dunkin' Donuts. How do you engage that <laughs> fan, if you will? Great. Yeah, so this is a great and complex question, right? So just the idea that we have to mitigate risk is usually enough to scare a company into not getting involved in social. Yeah. And candidly, that's the simple best mitigating factor when deciding whether or not to go into social. And I'm going to say this a couple of times, you know, between now and the time we're finished. If you don't believe you can do social well, and you don't believe that you can put the time commitment and the process, which is what we're going to talk about now, in place, then simply don't do it. Don't risk it. Social can get out of control very quickly. While it can be hugely beneficial and, again, create great brand advocates, it can go the exact opposite way without any real input from the brand. So how do we mitigate the risk? First and foremost, a process. Identify, as I talked about earlier, identify your voice. What type of voice are you going to go out into the world with? You know, an example, if you're a bank, don't try to be a comedian. If you're a bank, then be a professional bank. Talk about banking, talk about regulation, talk about savings, but do it in a very professional and very mature way. Right? Don't try to be too jovial. Don't try to be too funny. People aren't going to take your brand seriously on either side of that part of the conversation. Your personality, how do you deliver the message? Right. So the message might be very professional, but how do you deliver that message? In social, having graphics, having video is really important. Right. And so your personality can come out again very much in what you attach to your post. Again, don't be somebody you're not. And then the last is the execution and the process. Customer service issues or customer service engagements need to go through a customer service process. Booking, right, for retail, for travel and appointment taking and things like that, they need to go through an operational process. So make sure that social doesn't rewrite process just because it's a different channel for the engagement. Right? Mitigate the risk by adopting a really solid process and then following that process, and then learning from what your community is telling you about the process. Believe me, it's social. If they don't like it, they'll tell you, right? So really pay attention. Don't be somebody that you're not. Don't try to be a different brand than you are in the real world, and then grab a process and follow it. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, with your background in technologies and your support of new technologies, that that might also play a huge role, right, in this whole monetization and monitoring of social platforms. Talk a little bit about those technologies that you personally are keeping your eye on for your own clients that might assist them in this effort. Sure. And it's, it is absolutely, as you said, very important, right? As I talked about earlier, there's simply too much information out in the social world, especially if you're a larger brand and you've been in it for a while, you're just getting into it, but you have a lot of consumer engagement in, in the natural world, right? Outside of the computer, you're going to need technology to help you not only execute the process of social, but also monitor social and make sure that there are no time bombs sitting out there or there nobody using your brand in a way that you don't want it used, right? Social allows for an interpretation of the public as far as your brand perception. So there's two, basically two kinds of platforms that are out there, right? There's monitoring platforms and then there's management platforms. So monitoring is exactly how it sounds. And one of the best ones out there, I think actually it was just named 
one of the best. I know if you Google top social platforms, these guys will be the first one that you come up with. And they're called Keyhole. It's a great monitoring tool. And the reason it's, it's great is it's so simple to use. You can type in a hashtag, right, if you're monitoring. So hashtag election night, you can monitor everything that was happening throughout the entire social sphere based on that hashtag. You can also monitor URLs. So if in your marketing and social, you are bringing people outside of the social platform itself, so outside of Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and into a landing page or some sort of campaign type engagement, you can monitor how that is being shared. If people are actually engaging, it's a really good check for your Google Analytics or whatever else you're using. It's very simple. You set up alerts just like you would on Google and it monitors it for you because again, there's no possible way for you to do it. The other side of social is the execution of your social process, right? Of your social campaign. How do you get different tones, different character counts, different types of media in seven or eight or 10 different social platforms in a meaningful way? And platforms like Hootsuite allow you to schedule, right? So you can actually have a calendar, just like the old time Marcom calendars. You can have a messaging calendar. You know, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I talk about this subject. On Thursday, Friday, I talk about this subject. And you can create those posts, some of them up to a year in advance, and have just your, make sure that it's a steady process of getting information and posts out into the social world. And so, again, for technology platforms, a monitoring technology such as Keyhole and management technology such as Hootsuite will really benefit a corporate social process. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about virtual reality. I feel like with it being the holiday season, augmented reality, virtual (laughs) reality, it's all around us. And I feel like it's the next thing that companies are going to start, you know, tapping you on the shoulder, maybe Gary, and saying, hey, what do you think about this? What is your take on this technology? Do you think it's it's viable? Do you feel like it's a flash in the pan? What what are your thoughts? Well, as I told you earlier today, I thought you put this question in the (laughs) in the interview to see if I was paying attention. I actually did formulate an opinion on it. Okay. Um, (laughs) But virtual reality, I felt the same way for marketing specifically. Uh, I felt the same way since it was introduced 15 years ago. I don't know that there's a lot of power or a lot of engagement uh, possibilities behind virtual reality brands engaging with that technology. There might be something around brand placement and games and things like that. But I don't know that there's enough information out there about how much time people engage with and what is the subliminal recovery of information that they've seen inside the game that's not contextual to the game itself, right? Right. I think for industrial purposes, non so manufacturing and things like that, there's a huge application for virtual and augmented reality. As far as augmented reality and the difference between the two in marketing – Augmented reality has had some really large successes in the last few years. The Forever 21 billboard down in Times Square is a great example of that, where the 20-foot model walked by and snapped pictures of pedestrians and then pulled their likeness up into this huge billboard in Times Square. They're great, big, bold awareness plays for brands that need that and that consumers that would accept that from a brand. I think augmented reality probably has more marketing applications than virtual reality. 
Mm-hmm. Thank you for your point of view on that, Gary. I'm glad you you took time to formulate that. <laughs> I do. I really do think people struggle with it, though. I do. You know, I think a lot of companies want to get ahead of their competition, and they see sometimes this next latest greatest thing as a way to do that. To your point, it may not necessarily make good sense for the brand, right? And right. the consumer may not want to see that from that brand. So you really have to understand what you're all about before you go trying to dip your toe and the next great pool of water. Which brings us to the last question of the day. There are a lot of people listen to this show that are responsible for their corporate reputation. They're responsible for corporate marketing. And when it comes to social reputation, which we've been talking about in this conversation, what would be just some of the last bits of advice you would leave us with? If you, it's just things for us to ponder, maybe. Sure. So first thing I tell every client or any person that if I had a bullhorn, I would stand on top of a building and yell this at people about social. You get out of it what you put into it. And again, as I said, I think at the beginning, if you don't have the time, the resources, or the capability of putting a really smart process in place and following it, just kind of stay away. Right? Even not having any presence is better than having a bad presence in social. Because again, you don't have a control over how the public perceives your brand and what they're going to say about it publicly, right? So all you can do is put your best foot forward. And if you're going to do it, do it very well. And that really is the best thing I can tell people about social. The marketing tactics, the jingles, great big creative ideas, those will come to a company through their agency or through their internal people. But expressing them out in the social world, again, it really just comes to discipline, patience, guidance, conversation. Remember, you're talking to your consumer in a very public way. And so always put your best foot forward. Thank you. Good, good words of advice. Gary, thank you so much for being on the show today. I want to let people know where to find you. If you are interested in contacting Gary or learning more about Modern Minds, please go to modern-minds.net. You can learn all you want to learn there and then give Gary a call or reach out. Um, Gary, thanks for being on the show. And I hope that, you know, people listening today think a little bit more about controlling their social reputation as much as they can, right? Well, thank you for having me. And yes, I agree. I hope people are talking about this often yes and they should be it needs to be on their minds every moment of every day sadly thank you gary and thanks to george for another great show and join me right here next week for another edition of first strings three o'clock eastern time until then make it a great one The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 